welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are joined today by Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Woo, he did the thing. You are also joined by Mr. Oh my gosh, it's Josh. What? No, no, you are not. It is not Oh my gosh, it's Josh. It's Mr. Andrew, Andrew Bimson. Hi. Hello. I haven't mentioned what, what podcast number it is, have I? I don't think I have. It is episode number two. It's not 288. I'm on the wrong page. It's 289 of the Fret Talk podcast. You think I listen to the intro? I can't answer, I can't answer that question. <laughs> I just wait for you to say hi, Matt, and say hi, Matt, back. <laughs> Into, hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Way he did the thing again. Woo. Oh, it's like that week when Lee found out that that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, we're typing it in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> to ruin the podcast. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> right, gentlemen, there is a, there's a reason why we've converged today, isn't there? Because the the literally the weekend, the one that was that's that way for the listeners. I'm pointing, I'm pointing at the weekend. Um, we all met. Well, we all met through Matt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Bimson met Matt. I met Matt. So Matt Matt was kind of like the hub of all contact this week. I was. Um, because we went to the, the Birmingham guitar show. We did. I got on a plane. I left my house at half six in the morning on a Saturday morning. And I got into the Birmingham guitar show at about 12, half 12-ish that Saturday. So six, like five and a half, six hours of traveling. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I also traveled on a plane to get to the Birmingham guitar show. My mine was from like a Spanish island, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird because you live like within forty miles. Yeah, I, I thought I'd make it extra difficult to get to the guitar show this year. It wasn't <laughs> quite planes, trains, and automobiles then. No, one of us doing one each. Well, it was no, no. To be fair, actually, on the day he drove, you trained, I yeah. flew, so it was planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. There we go, nailed it. Is that that was definitely planned? Definitely. <laughs> so yeah, we took went to me as, took me as long to get seventy miles on a train as it did for Matt to fly from another. Place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and which that, is mental. Yeah, that is that is the transport system, like the British transport system, isn't it? <laughs> but say, Lavi. So we we will be talking a little bit about the uh, the Birmingham guitar. I say a little bit. We'll be mostly pontificating about the Birmingham guitar show this week. Um, which I did throw like a little unofficial um, hot take in the in the um, in the fret talk group this week, which was a poll that had one one answer, <laughs> uh, yeah. which, which was Birmingham guitar show is the best, and it says Birmingham guitar show is the best, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, it's at a hundred percent. I mean, it could have been at naught percent. So, I mean. Well, it couldn't because I assume you voted for it immediately. No, because like, the person who who makes the poll can't vote for it. How can they not? They can't. No, I didn't know that. It means I can't rig my own results. <laughs> I know uh, the irony, isn't it? Like Facebook not letting me rig um, elected <laughs> results. <laughs> <laughs> what are you suggesting? In fact, no, don't tell, don't don't tell us what you're suggesting. We'll be here a while. In, yeah, and we may be in a little bit of hot water because I think the uh, the company that hosts our podcasting is owned by 
Spotify, which is owned by Facebook. <laughs> so. Spotify owned by Facebook, is it? They are, yeah. It's a podcast. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like loosely, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, shit. Right, so. What do we do? We usually pontificate about what we've been doing as like a little amuse boost to our to our full full thingies, don't we? So I, I imagine that a lot of our stuff will be um, based around the Birmingham Guitar Show. Um, but I'm going to mention a few videos that I've done this week because the fuck wouldn't I? Um, so first of uh, first of the videos that I did was uh, by Ritual Devices, which was a uh, a pedal that our good friend Wub let me let me borrow um, this week, which is part of his budget range. So he he took a little bit of inspiration from me uh, for for a couple of these pedals, and he's doing like a, a stripped back version of a few of his pedals. He's doing like an overdrive. There's like a two knob overdrive with clipping options, and he's doing a fuzz. That's basically like a two two knob fuzz, and they're like plain enclosures, very very uh, like utilitarian. Um, and I did the did the overdrive this week, and it is a beautiful, beautiful vintage. Just make gooder, <laughs> for for want of a better term, it's it's just. So the, the the two modes are like symmetrical and asymmetrical. And you it's basically like you you your switch gives you um like more more pedal sound or more guitar sound. So your asymmetrical is you you're more open, more guitar-y. And your symmetrical like closes it off, adds the compression and makes it sound more like a pedal. Um and it just it sweetens everything. Um and especially Pushing it in front of an amp, it is delicious. Really enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, that one that one released this week. I also I, I released another video by a, a pedal company who get a little bit of a, a little bit of flack. Uh, Demon Effects. <laughs> I mean, everybody's favourite yeah. Chinese company. They, I mean, they are very polarizing. Like within the the budget community, there's a lot of love for them because, like, they adhere quite closely to the uh, the pedal circuits that they are inspired by, shall we say? <laughs> and you, like, even if you couldn't see, you could very much hear those air quotations were implied. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of. Um, a lot of love in the in the budget budget realm because they're allowing people to try uh, a facsimile of the sounds of pedals that are way out of reach. So like the Analog Man um, chorus and the like BOD drive and the Prince of Tone and the King of Tone and all of these like really really super super expensive pedals. They also do um, the one that I did this week, which was the four knob. Keely compressor. Um, the fact that it's not called the Keely compressor, <laughs> I think they call it the KC compressor, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's absolutely no no questions what it's what what it's aiming towards. It's 
four knobs on a compressor for like a pedal board compressor. Very, very involved. Like usually like the Dynacomp is a two two knob. And that that was like the go to for guitarists for a long, long time. Um this one's a four knob. It's got your attack, your sustain, and it's also got a um a knob for clipping, but it's not not what you'd expect it to do. Like the um I think the the K-Lone one has got a clipping knob, which literally adds drive to your compression, which is like a really cool feature. But this one, it's designed to uh, alter the input. It's almost like a limiter for your input. So if you're driving it with really, really high-power humbuckers, you don't drive the compression circuit. So you can limit it before it comes in. So that you you still get so in it's the, like a pre volume, yeah, yeah, like a like a, a pre compression limiter, anti clipping, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would that would be the <laughs> the the true. Are you, are you suggesting that they've what they've done is they've accidentally wired the pot backwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what it should do is add add loads of drive. No, so it's um to me it feels it feels like a really cool studio tool. It's one of these pedals that you you are going to set it in a specific way and then completely forget because yeah. it, it it does all of the like all of the compression that you want in a kind of in a studio. Um, you can get the diner to come squishy squishy tones as well. You can get the subtle the the kind of uh, compression tones that I like. Really, really quite a nice compressor. Doing compressor videos on YouTube is a absolute bore like just because because youtube has its own compression which removes all of the compression of the pedal (laughs) yeah i mean like compression in and of itself is one of those effects that i think simon from jsa said the moment you start hearing the compressor is already too late you've already done you've already added too much of the pedal and if you (laughs) like if you're at those points before you can start hearing it Pointless on YouTube, isn't it? Go. This sounds exactly like it did before. So it's more of like a feel thing. So it's it's a really hard one to demo, but I did, of course, like crank it into Dynacomp modes. Um, I also, at the end of the video, crank all of the controls up <laughs> just to see what would happen. Um, because why would you not? What does that does that just make it really really? Like, Country-esque. Yeah, like super, super Dynacomp squish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the exact kind of compressor tone that you don't want. <laughs> that nobody wants. Nobody, yeah. Not even country players turn it all the way up. Surely to Christ. Yeah, like any of any of that beautiful dynamic range that you you so love. No, get rid of that. <laughs> I've got an idea for you. What I want you to do is come up with a guitar tone that you want to test with compressors and then run it into YouTube and then take away, take out the MP3 that you get out of YouTube and see what that's compressors like and then do the same on Facebook and see what that's compressors like and then do the same on Instagram and work out which of the three platforms is the best guitar compressor. <laughs> <laughs> or get get the compression in an algorithm and then put that in a pedal. Yeah. Well, and that's, like, yeah. That's, that's the end goal. 
It is, yeah. So, like, have a, a three-way toggle switch, like, with Facebook logo, the <laughs> YouTube it's... logo, and the Instagram logo. I assume, actually, YouTube and Instagram will be the same because they're owned by the... Sorry, Facebook and Instagram will be the same because they're owned by the same company. I mean, you by would... the way, Spotify isn't owned by anybody. It's a listed company. No, it definitely is. It mentions on the... Um, uh, on the place where we upload the podcast, it mentions, look, Spotify by Facebook. Well, I mean, Spotify is literally a listed on the New York Stock Exchange. So it can't be owned by Facebook. <laughs> they could own a controlling share. They could, they could have a controlling share, maybe, but they yeah. certainly don't have all of the share. Yeah. But it, it's enough... It's enough for them to shut us down if we're insinuating certain things. Well, yeah, we, we might. Yeah. <laughs> like, legal hot water, it, it would be enough, Matt. Hello. 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 Um, what have you been up to this week? Um, so, what have I been up to? Um, I've completed Pokemon. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did. You've caught them all. I mean, all. I did. I've caught them all on Let's Go, but I don't think anybody cares about that. So I got a plane, as, I, as discussed, and flew to Birmingham and got a taxi straight from the airport to a guitar show because, you know, there's no point going to a hotel four hours before check-in. Um, and spent the entire weekend, basically, in the UK guitar show, which is what it's called, not the Birmingham guitar show, but we'll call it Birmingham because... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guitar <laughs> shows that happen in, in the UK. Yeah, There's only this one is guitar show. the UK guitar show. <laughs> Yeah, there's only one yeah. that happens in Birmingham. Come on, be proud there of is. it. So I flew flew in, and the first thing I did was try and find some people that I've bought things off in the past. Yes. So I walked around and I bumped into the guy at Pedal Patch. Yeah. Um. Phil. And legend. Yeah. Had a had a chat with Phil for for ten minutes. Um. Just you you know saying thank you for the fucking fact that I. I can rebuild a pedal board anytime I want and I've still got cable left over from six years ago or whatever it is because um, he's just a legend. Uh, so I chatted to him for a bit and then I bumped into Fletch um, who very kindly let me put my backpack underneath his table because fucking hell it's heavy because I had to take my work laptop away. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, did his competition thing which I think we all did. Bimson, did you have a go at that? No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to upset people by getting it all right. Well, <laughs> you would have been the only one. I was the first person to get it all wrong. Budge managed to get all of the right pickups, but none of them in the right guitar. <laughs> um, but yeah, so did about that and then just kind of had to wander around the show for two days, basically. I bumped into Andy as I was playing the Kernham Ridge, which I'm sure will come on to as well. Um, yeah, as I was leaving that stand, I bumped into Andy, and we just kind of, for the last four and a half hours of that day, wandered around the, the show. And then on the Saturday, obviously, I met up with Budge and with Josh and with Ollie. Indeed. And spent the entire day wandering around the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't mentioned the fact that Ollie was there. He was he was there briefly, weren't he? He was there for yeah. I think he did about three hours on the yeah. on the Sunday morning and early afternoon. Yeah, but like absolute legends, and it was it was great to see him because like, he do, he he turns up to these things every so often. He'll just appear, and you're like, oh, hi, <laughs> hi, Ollie. Yeah, no, it's good. And, and like, so I was I was actually saying saying to the guys as well. 
because I met up with Josh and uh, on the Saturday evening to go out for dinner because um, Bimson was getting a train back home. Um, yeah. Josh was like, oh, I'll come, and, come out and meet you in, in Solihull or whatever it's called. Is it Solihull? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it should be. Um, so despite the fact that I met you first in terms of our online sort of interactions, <laughs> you were the last one that I actually met in person. Say lovey. <laughs> I mean, it was... Like we were we were working out at the start of the podcast, weren't we? Like just before we just before we started, it's nine years in the making. Yeah, nine years in the making, which is absolutely crazy, indeed. <laughs> I mean, I was supposed to be over in twenty twenty, and then Flyby went under the weekend before the guitar show. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's un- that unforeseeable long. circumstances. But like, what do you do then? There's no, there's no real plan B, is there? No, it's just a case of, oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Guess this isn't going to yeah. happen now. And then in 2021, it didn't happen because of a thing. Yeah, there was a, then, a big thing. Yeah, quite a big thing. And then in 2022, I was away already for the weekend of the show, so couldn't come. Indeed. So it, it was that that final final kind of hurdle that we got over and we finally met. And it, it won't be the last time now. No, no, not at all. You've got the bug for it now, haven't you? Yeah, I need to I need to get to these events because, like I say, I've not been to one before. And I spent all of the time there pretty much and still enjoyed it, so... Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not meaning to sully the other events, but Birmingham is blatantly the best one. Um, but we'll talk <laughs> a bit a bit more about that later on. Um, and it's not, it's not even the best venue as well. Like, the... The the other venue just was better. Into like, there's a, a couple of things that were better. Um, the actual the food, sa- yeah, basically, <laughs> basically the food, basically the food, the food and the location. Yeah, yeah, the lo- yeah, because the location is pretty much central, isn't it? So, as opposed to in an industrial state on the outskirts of Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, like, in, like if you drive there by car, it's really quite convenient. It's just off the motorway, it's fine. But if you're trying to get there via any public transport, it's an absolute bell end to get to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll... taxi's fine, they drop me right outside the door, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and charge me through the nose for it. But oh, yes, they will definitely. <laughs> but but hey ho, like, so Bimson, what you been up to this week? What are we saying? Well, oh, I've been trying to sell stuff. For a very obvious reason, I need to raise some money after the weekend. Is it for all of that, uh, like, public transport fare? <laughs> <laughs> so I've um, got a couple of guitars and a load of pedals and a few other bits and bobs on. Indeed. Sticking on Facebook Marketplace and whatever. And uh, try and raise £270. Mm, £270? What could... 269 I think, to be precise. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very fret talk number. And and uh, why pray tell are we raising two hundred and sixty nine pounds? Because there may have been some nice things at the show, and there's one in particular that I need to buy just to prove Matt wrong. <laughs> I mean, like you're gonna need to be more specific here because there's there's quite a few things that'll do that. Gee, <laughs> bastard. Well, should we start with that one then? Indeed. 
So uh, I went to the guitar show on Saturday and I got, got the train over and so similar sort of journey to Matt. I left at like seven in the morning, got there about half eleven. <laughs> and I did the usual, popped in, said hello to Matt on the Fidelity stand. Because he's obviously just as you go in, popped in, said hello to Phil and Thorpe and Mikey Demas and that. And then I saw this little white box. A plain looking white box on one of the stands. I thought, oh, I'm sure Lee's mentioned this. <laughs> and uh, I've uh, Alec, the mad midi scientist, had also been singing its gazes. So I had a little go on the Kernham Ridge. Ah. And I fell in love. <laughs> Indeed. So, uh, definitely a little Kernham Ridge-sized hole on my board, which needs filling. Yeah, because you're, you're one who's very much for the, the midi life, aren't you? I do. Midi's fantastic. It's uh, If you... I've got the time to to set it up, and if you're gonna want, if you've got uh, if you've got certain sounds that you're gonna go to again and again and again, it just makes sense to use MIDI. But this isn't a MIDI rant, so <laughs> <laughs> it's not yet. It isn't. Not I mean, yet, but it could be. We've we've got things that we need to mention before we get onto the the full guitar show. Uh, guitar show ranks we've, we've got a hot take we've we've neglected the hot take for a little while um because i was on holiday and it didn't make sense to do it so we, we will like before we get full-on filming a guitar show uh happy we're gonna go we're gonna do the the wrap-up of the hot take um from last time and we've got a new hot take for this week which is even is a it's a surprise for us it's from matt <laughs> And he hasn't he hasn't mentioned it before the podcast, so I haven't because I have deliberately chosen something that will wild the two people that I've got here tonight up. Excellent, <laughs> excellent work, Matt. Excellent work. Right, so last um, the last one. Sorry, I've just realised that I've written the podcast notes over two pages like an absolute dickhead. <laughs> um, so last. Um, podcast it was josh's hot take saying low tuning does not mean your riffs are heavy 74 percent of people are in love with e standard and are correct 26 percent of people i think you you were one of these weren't you mr bimson when, I, I was uh, uh, I'm only 80 percent that way <laughs> uh, all about the chug life um so unfortunately unfortunately for you um Common sense has prevailed, and low tuning <laughs> does not mean heavy riffs. So, Matt. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Two people on the podcast. I'm going to say something that's going to make you both very angry. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to be true, and you're not going to like that it's true. Okay. I am going to say that the Foo Fighters and the Arctic Monkeys have done more for the guitar than Led Zeppelin. <laughs> oh dear and that is my hot take for this week do you <laughs> want me to back my hot take up he's gone he's gone <laughs> would you like me to back my hot take up um i think i think you you're pretty fucking pretty fucking sure you should so what i'm gonna say is if led zeppelin hadn't existed mm-hmm. guitar music would still have existed. Might be slightly different, but I don't think it'd be too much different. 
And I don't think that... I, I mean, they definitely influenced people around the same kind of era, but there were other bands doing guitar stuff and we'd still had guitar solos, we'd still had music that was focused around guitars. The Foo Fighters and the Arctic Monkeys are the only bands I can think of post about 2006 that are getting into the charts and playing actual musical instruments. And if we didn't have the Foo Fighters and the Arctic Monkeys, kids these days wouldn't even know what a guitar was. Oh, no, no. I mean, kids, kids these days do not give a shit about the Foo Fighters. Kids these days do not give a shit about the Arctic Monkeys. They just, they don't. They know who Ed Sheeran is. They know who Taylor Swift is. And that's where they're getting their, their guitar. It's not a guitar. That's, a, that's an acoustic. That's, that's a completely different instrument. I think you're also out of touch there. Even like Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran, it's, it's not kids listening to them. It's people in their like mid to late 20s. The kids are listening to stuff we don't even know about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Um, is my, it Baby Shark? I'm repeat. No, there's a, a guy I used to work with, and he was always listening to that. Um, oh, bloke from Doncaster. Uh, played last year. I can't Young remember his name. Blood. I never remember. Yes, that's the one. Uh, they're listening to people like that who have guitarists. Yeah, like Machine Gun Kelly as well. He, yeah. He's got a signature Schecter. Uh, yeah, Foo Fighters is middle-aged man music and it always has been but it, it is <laughs> um, not just musically that's who's listening to it is it's people your age i'm uh, 31 i'm not middle-aged okay yeah but you know, okay my age then <laughs> yeah yeah no, I, I mean you might be right but like what i'm saying is there wouldn't have been a guitar in the charts without the arts and monkeys and the Foo fighters for a 15-year period Nah. That wasn't acoustic. Nah, you've got the White Stripes, you've got Muse. The White Stripes haven't been in the British charts since Seven Nation Army. No, but like they were around the same time as like the, the Foo Fighters and the Arctic Monkeys peak. Oh, yeah, peak, yes, but they, they're still... What I'm saying is the Arctic Monkeys and um, Thingy are still releasing music that contains guitars. Yeah, but they're, they're, still they're not charting, charting. are they? No, they are, I mean they're getting they get their albums are still getting number one or number two. Their albums might be, but the they're not in the singles, and that's what I assume what young people yeah. listen to on top of the pops when they're hitting their tape recorder <laughs> to try and get through the adverts. That's that's how it still works, right? Right, yep. right, guys. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just looking to see. Right, so I'm looking to see who 2010 was in the charts. That's 12 years ago. That's 13 years uh, ago. 13 years ago, no. 13 years ago, okay. Uh, so you've got Kings of Leon. Uh, yeah, guitar. They've, they've, they've disappeared. Yeah, uh, but they, they had guitar. guitars. Killers, uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, Killers were synthesised by then. You know, they'd already sacked the guitarist. Mumford and Sons, but we won't mention that. Well, they, they, they've got instruments. They've got, like, fiddles and fucking... Yeah, they're, they're not, not guitars. Did Paolo Nutini have a guitar player? He did. Paolo Nutini plays guitar. Okay, right. Um, <laughs> another Biffy, Biffy Clyro. Absolutely. Uh, and they're still charting. Uh, are, are they? they? Yeah. Have they, I mean, have they charted since that fucking um, song yeah. that Matt yeah. Cardle covered? Yeah, <laughs> since Pendulum, Opposites. They, they were at the guitar show, weren't they? So they must have a guitar player. Who's that, sorry? <laughs> they, they, Pendulum. Pendulum. So there's, I mean, there's James Blunt. He's probably got a guitar player. 
He's cockney Roman slang, isn't it? He plays guitar as well. Kasabian. There's loads of other bands that were You can't pick Kasabian because the fucking singer's a wife beer. Well, we're all just as boring. I mean, we're all just as boring as each other. 30 Seconds to Mars. Again, 30 Seconds to Mars, guitars. You've got loads of that middle of the road. Dollars dishwater. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Um, I wouldn't say <laughs> any of those bands are like the Foo Fighters, but okay. Well, they're all equally dull. Um, there's Led Zeppelin. I mean, yeah. if you think about the iconic look that inspired a generation, it's Jimmy Page with a Les Paul and a Marshall Stack. Yeah. Until, until yeah. Slash came along doing the exact same but, thing. Yeah, but, but Slash cites like the Jimmy Page. Uh, look as his influence, didn't he? Like the reason he's playing a Les Paul is because he saw people like Kossov and uh, and but, Page playing the playing the Les Paul. That's that's not what's even on the. He's playing a Telecaster on the record. Oh yeah, look that that Les Paul assault. Like sorry, the Telecaster <laughs> sold more Les Paul. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's... I mean, uh, I'm Greta Van Fleet are still playing bloody Led Zeppelin songs now as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Greater Fan Fleet wouldn't have a um wouldn't have a career, would they? But there's so many there's so many um so many people who wouldn't have a career because of like if Led Zeppelin weren't about. So many people who are saying Led Zeppelin were such a huge influence. Or even down to people like Metallica and that. Who were saying yeah, like, Metallica are only saying that because Black Sabbath cite Led Zeppelin as a, a an influence. Yeah. And Black Sabbath created metal. It is, yeah. As as proven on episode number. So we're saying Led Zeppelin it. really created metal, then. I mean, I mean, yeah. But that... if you say that, then the Beatles created le- metal because they all like the Beatles is kind of their influence. So what we all agreed is that Chuck Berry invented heavy metal. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Ringo Starr is the best heavy metal drummer. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I, I mean, we may as well say anything if you're going to say absurd <laughs> stuff like the Foo Fighters are more important than Led Zeppelin. It's it's a tough I mean, sell. It really is a tough sell. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I believe it myself. I just said it to be contentious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to like the touch paper problem. and run. I like it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be a really tough sell for this one. I think like we've we've definitely argued the point of Led Zeppelin. Fine. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to leave it there and leave it down to the the viewers, listeners. I'm just glad you didn't say that to me in person on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suddenly oh. I've got half of a bottle in my hand. I don't even know where I got it from. <laughs> but oh. no, we're in a fight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's there's your uh, your hot take for the week: the Foo Fighters and the Arctic Monkeys. Can't believe I'm saying <laughs> this out loud. The Foo Fighters and the Arctic Monkeys are more important. Did more for the guitar. Yeah, have done more for the guitar than Led Zeppelin ever did. Okay, right. I'm going to have to write this down verbatim because this is fucked up. Um, yeah. So, talk can to me. Leave, can you leave out an open poll so I can put my own? <laughs> it, it it might end up that way. It right. Might be the same five letters Matt normally puts. <laughs> right. Talk amongst yourselves. Talk about the guitar show for a moment. So. Yeah, well, I mean, the I I just had so much fun. Like, I, I know I think both of you have been to many shows before. For me, this is my first experience of like 
a big room full of a lot of exhibitors who are all either trying to sell you something and turning amps loud, or they are trying to influence you about something by turning amps up loud. So it's like, I walked in and it like so I literally could hear the horn from the the lobby, and everything went loud, and it was just a very weird experience of all of a sudden like hearing metal riffs and blues riffs and uh, like people people like in the entrance hall as well like you had the the acoustic room off to one door and the electric room off to another so it's like a little bit of acoustic noise and then just like this wall of like metal riffs <laughs> with a guy so the metal riffs in the background, and because the Marshall stand was right at the front, and they've just released these pedals, and there was just some, somebody playing blues licks with the blues break or the governor or whatever. <laughs> and you just, just got like some guy chugging away with Metallica riffs, and a guy doing pentatonic blues over the top of it in a different key, and it's just like, okay, this is going to be a really weird weekend. But actually, it was just great fun. Yeah, there's like it's a, a very odd. Like oral mixture, isn't it? Like you get the most brutal sounding heavy guitars, and there's a spectrum of people that like some of the worst guitar playing that you've ever heard in like guitar shops ever, <laughs> uh, and then some incredibly talented guitarists. You don't tend to find those kind of middle ground people. It's just <laughs> like really bad or really good. Because well, think- it's because those middle ground people like me see a group of people and forget everything they've ever learned about the guitar. So they yeah, turn into the reverse. shittest yeah. in the world. Yeah. And they're really shit people on headphones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's- I didn't play much not on headphones, to be fair. I, I tried to avoid playing out loud. I, I have absolutely no scruples. So I, I didn't mind playing, playing out loud. Um, but it's. Like it's very sober room when you when you're going, Oh yeah, this is sounding really good. I'm 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 really nailing these licks and then some fucking demo guy is just you know Okay, I'll get back in my box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when we were standing at the uh, Chapman stand and the um, Phil Dyer was just standing there absolutely ripping the guitar a new asshole. It's like how is he even doing that? That's <laughs> I don't have those notes on my guitar. Yeah. Mine doesn't come with that bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine, all of the guitars I've I've bought have haven't come with talent, unfortunately. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, the the guitar show. Um, it's it's an experience, isn't it? Like guitar, uh, guitar expos in general are an experience. Um, they are like that kind of wall of noise is is very much a, um a universal thing with a lot of them. The only one that wasn't like that was the the FX Expo, which was entirely specifically designed to yeah, be to, to not be that. that. Yeah. Uh mainly because Alex from Xander Xander Circuitry was tired of the really big amp companies going, well our amps sound really great when you turn them up. And then the pedal guys being like, well we've bought shit tons of pedals so we could only fit like a little practice amp in. Yeah. So, like, there's no way we're competing with this. And like, even through headphones, like, people are going, "I can, I can hear that there's a, a, a phaser or something coming through that." Maybe, you know, like, yeah, that's the best way to demo my pedals. <laughs> so, like, like he he did a really really good one with that. 
he's done an absolute blinder with the FX Expo, which the FX Expo is joining on to the Brighton Guitar Show this year, I think. Um, we'll we'll talk more about that as uh, as and when we uh, hash out some details with it because we might might show our, our faces there as well. Um, say, if you're if you're going down, let me know because Gatwick is like a, an hour away on the train, and so it's actually probably closer to me than Birmingham, even though it's further away. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll very much try uh, try and make my way down because. Um, this is one that hasn't been around before. It's a new, uh, a new, new expo. I've done a couple of the London ones as well. I've done like the Olympia one, and I've done the uh, the one. Uh, yeah, the one at the Kempton um, Park. Kemp- yeah, that's the one. Um, and they they were very much that. Like, even though the rooms were set up slightly different, it was still like half hour of real loud things, and then half hour of what was supposed to be quiet, but then had people. Still cranking amps, <laughs> and being like there'd be the the chap in the yellow shirt with the lanyard coming round, pointing at a sign that says like loud. <laughs> we nearly did that on the Marshall stand, didn't we, Matt? After some... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sat down, literally sat down. It was completely quiet, and I sat down and I turned that JCM eight hundred on, and then I went, "Oh, it's quiet." <laughs> and the guy came over, and he's like. Just gonna check, but I don't think you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's that's a, a perfect segue actually to talk about the Marshall stuff because they, this is something that we 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 do need to mention, isn't it? Like some of the exhibits we need to mention. One of which being the Marshall pedals, because they were the worst kept secret. Like for the, the entire month beforehand, people were going, I'm pretty sure I've seen a new new blues breaker in circulation. That blues breaker doesn't look like it's thirty years old, um, and then more and more of the like guitar creator influencer people posting things on their Facebook and and Instagram and going hmm like look what's coming soon. Marshall going shut the fuck up. <laughs> so they actually they actually released. I think they released it two days before the event. Yeah, and then. They, they were selling like they had boxes and boxes of these, um, these Marshall pedals at the event that you could buy, which Every- is hilarious because Andertons were sold out of their pre-order for the Bluesbreaker before the show starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was talking to Joe Branson, um, and he says this is the only place that you can buy these pedals at the moment because everywhere that sells them doesn't have them in stock anymore. Like, okay, yeah. that's nice to know. Uh, but yeah, we did. We we tried them, didn't we? We tried all four of the all four of the pedals. I didn't. I tried three of them and went. If the Shredmaster's got more gain than the Drivemaster, I don't want to know. <laughs> but I will say that I because it was quiet time when I went to try them. I tried them through the headphone amp, and the thing that I have learned is that the top the two notes Captor X and the Cab M are the most overrated products in the world. Because everything that I tried through headphones sounded fucking trash. And most of them I then heard later on through amps and they sounded fine. Yeah. So without a preamp in front of them, they they can sound very sterile, can't they? Yes. And they were very sterile and they're very brittle, very, very bright. And yeah, I just, I 
not impressed by the the cab M, and it might just be the way people have them set up. But you'd think that people would listen to their rigs before they set up at these kind of shows. No, I mean especially the Marshall Marshall people. I mean the Marshall one, yeah, no, I can get, but like some of the pedal guys only had yeah headphone amps and. I wasn't overly impressed by the way their cab M did either. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard them sounding good. Or, um, uh, Stuart Tate has got one, and and his stands always sounded great. So, right. they... yeah. So the one, the one exception was Fletch had uh, um, a Thorpey pedal in front of it, and he said, "Don't turn that off for using the headphones." And the, the preamp then made the cab M sound all right. So yeah, maybe it is that you need to run a different preamp that's not the one in the the unit. Yeah, was that the Scarlet Phoenix? Possibly, it was a a, a big, a, a wider than normal Thorpey pedal box size one yeah. with black knobs. Yeah, that's, that was the Scarlet Tunic. So thumbs up for the Scarlet Tunic, Mister Thorpey. Yeah, you done yeah. well there. <laughs> yeah, I tried that one out quite early on on Saturday and was. Very impressed with it. I used to have a treble and bass and uh, made me regret selling it again. <laughs> I often regret selling that. I tried the governor, and obviously, I have the original governor on my board, which I normally listen to through headphones <laughs> at home. Cause, uh, and to me, it, it absolutely nailed it. It was, you know, I'm sure there'll be people saying, oh, it's not the same because it's not 30 years old, but it's the same. Yeah, uh, and it sounds bloody good. What you're saying is the parts tolerances are probably better than the 30-year-old ones, so it doesn't quite sound the same. <laughs> well, less crackly than mine, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that's only a good thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, I I, it, I made a beeline for the, the Marshall pedals uh, when we first walked here because I envisaged them being very, very busy. I mean, because it's like the... Four Marshall pedals that people have been absolutely pining over for the at least a, the past decade, and you've had like revisions like the um the Analog Man stuff, the uh, Prince and the King of Tone that are based on it that were so popular in the JHS Morning Glory again. So the like people are getting the fix in a little way, but it's not quite the same as the original. So. All of these, um, all of these reissues were, um, they were the they were a long time coming. So I thought I'd make a beeline for them and try try them straight away. And because it was the first half hour, it was loud time, so I got to try it through the uh, the studio vintage. Uh, I, no, I, was it the, the eight hundred you tried it through? Oh, was it the, the studio the studio classic? Oh, there you go. I think that one's called. Yeah, it's the basically the, the twenty one eight hundred. Yeah, and like when I when I was trying it, I, I had it set quite modestly, so it was not clean, but not like it was like barely just crunching. Um, but then the second time I tried it after the two uh, blues dads were trying it, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very much louder. Like the the amp was absolutely gunned and. The pedals sounded good. Don't get me wrong; they sounded really good. Um, the blues breaker, I think, potentially for the weekend, the most disappointing thing, uh, because 
it's a fine pedal. Like, don't get me wrong, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's a like low to mid gain, mid humpy kind of drive. It's not quite a tube screamer. It's not a clan. It's not. So it's it sits kind of in between certain parts of the guitar spectrum. It's something that's been like like we mentioned, like the JHS Morning Glory, the uh, Analog Man stuff. It's been done before. I've probably got multiple Blues Breaker um, designed kind of style budget pedals up here that do something similar enough. Uh, the the um, the criticism that's been going around on online at the moment is they are ten years too late to this 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 reissue and. The, the the pedal that I felt it the most is that blues breaker, just because. Yeah, very much so, because everybody does one. But can you name anybody who's doing a Shredmaster clone? <laughs> no, I don't think I can. So uh, they're not weird. Like, and I know that you know that is a, a fine criticism to label at, say, the blues breaker. But my, nobody who wants a Marshall blues breaker with Marshall written on it in that size enclosure gives a shit about a JHS Morning Glory or, a, you know, any of these other Wish clones or, yeah. like, oh. any of these ones. So, the, like like we said, I mean, Anderton sold out of their Blues Breaker first within, like, 24 hours, and the rest were soon to follow. Yeah. And the rest of these pedals, because they're reissues of the original, you'll have a load of people who didn't get to try the originals and want to try them. And you'll have a load of people now going, oh, I've got one of the originals. It sounds much better. You should buy my one instead. And it'll just reinvigorate the whole market for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no no matter what we say about them, they, they will sell out. And you'll probably find it will get to a point where Marshall um, just run out of stock of them or maybe even run out of parts uh, for for the Blues Breaker because it it's that that popular. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how hard to find the parts are. Um, I mean, it depends. I think they will have sold extremely well this weekend. Whether they're still selling as well in, in a few months, when you know that initial rush is over, we'll see. I think uh, there's a lot of hype coming into it. Everyone's getting very excited. They came out and they were reasonably priced. I think 170 quid, which I think probably was less than people were expecting. Certainly less than I was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we we'd seen like two twenty to two fifty online, and, and that's what they are in dollars in the states. They're two fifty dollars in the states. Yeah, that that's a that's an ask, that is, isn't it? That is an ask. Yeah. But they like looking at the internals as well. They've done it. They've done it right. It's it's all accurate representations of the original ones. It's all point. Even still got the. Um... Effectively, from the governor, haven't they? Today, <laughs> yeah. fabulous. Yeah, and like the the weird thing to me is like I I didn't I wasn't I mean obviously I was aware of these pedals, but I didn't realise kind of how wide these were originally in the were these eighties they these were made originally uh, early nineties early nineties. So I mentioned what I'd been doing to the band that I was band practicing with last night. Um, and both the drummer and the bassist went, oh, I've got an old Marshall Blues Breaker. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, 
oh yeah, I bought one of those when they came out new for like 50 quid or whatever they were back in the 90s. And I'm like, do you know they're worth quite a bit of money now? And actually, I'd hang on for a year because if you say you've got an original one, people will buy it for more in about 12 months' time once people have got obsessed with the new ones. And they're like, that's good to know. Both of them have just like got it lying around in a box somewhere. <laughs> It's just like that's mental. Like, <laughs> I mean, what what people don't mention as well is that these pedals weren't particularly all that sought after. Like once once that initial run had, had come out, they were they were seen as kind of bargain basement pedals, and they were being flogged off for like twenty quid just to get rid of stock. And like a bunch of people I've heard. That just went. Oh yeah, I used to have a Shredmaster, or I used to have a Governor. That the guitar shop were basically given away. I went in for some strings or something, and and like yeah. this was cheap enough for. I went mm, go on then. So they they weren't particularly well thought of back then, um, but they've they've gathered a lot of momentum and th- this kind of cult status. Um. It helped with the original reissues not quite being what people wanted, made people hark back to the old ones. Even oh, yeah, more. look, the the uh, the silver box, um, yeah. Marshall line, I think they get a lot of flack for that. They don't sound as bad as people suggest they do, no, but they don't sound as good as they don't sound as good as the originals, mm, yeah. I mean, there's there's something in it. My first dog one does though. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, so I mean like my takeaway from the pedals is the look across the range, they sounded very much like martial amps. Like the gain structure sounded very, very martially. Which I mean you would expect from martial <laughs> pedals. Sorry, martial are making a martially sounding thing. Yeah, but look it didn't didn't necessarily have to be the case, did it? Didn't necessarily no, have to be the not. case. And the difference between the Drive Master and the Shred Master weren't enough for me to have four pedals in that line. You could have got away with having three. <laughs> um, but that being said, I tried the Shred Master, which I thought would be the one that I did not want to play. Because, I mean, fuck, it's called the Shredmaster and I'm, like, self-admitted low-gain blues dad. Um, and it was probably the one that I, I like, liked the most out of it. I think I would probably own the Governor if I, if I were to buy one because it does the, it does the, the broadest spectrum of what I'd, I'd want. But the most fun... <laughs> It was the Shredmaster. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, you say that, but you didn't use a Shredmaster like anybody has ever used a Shredmaster before, <laughs> though, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may have used it like a low-gain overdrive, but let's... You had the gain at nine, the nine o'clock position, which is, what, less than a third. <laughs> you scoop the mids, which I guess is what metal people do. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> you basically used it as an anti-tube screamer in that you scoop some mids and... Yeah, made it low gain. Yeah. You by any chance then play minor pentatonic links licks on it. Sure as shit I did. <laughs> Are there any other licks? 
Major pentatonic licks. <laughs> yeah. Major pentatonic, pentatonic licks. Yeah, just <laughs> different position. So yeah, we we talked we talked the Marshall stuff. Uh, what else do we need to mention? Because there's there's a fair few things. We would we we're gonna absolutely get strung up if we don't mention the fact that Chapman had released a a brand new guitar for the show, didn't they? So new, yeah, in fact. So, yeah, that it's a clone of a 1952. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying like the 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 actual guitar that they bought was so new that it was. Like it had a bit of gaffer tape over the the headstock with the name of the guitar on it. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> it was that prototypey. Um, look, I I absolutely rate them for that because that's that's a bold move. But yeah, so it is. It's let's no bones about it. It's basically a Telecaster, isn't it? It's a butterscotch blonde telly with a black guard. Yeah, it's like. If you got a Telecaster and like stretched it a bit, because it's elongated, ever so slightly, yeah. Um, it's, it's got a weird headstock. It's, <laughs> it's a Chapman one, not a Fender one. Yeah, it, and it's it's a lot kinder than your Telecaster. It's not a slab body. It's got cutouts where you want cutouts if you're yeah. past a certain age. <laughs> so, like points for that. It's very reminiscent of the. Uh, Josh Smith Ibanez in terms of like the pick guard and the the kind of elongated shape so they did look at Ibanez's homework and go yeah can can I can I copy your answers but it's it's different enough that I suppose hmm. yeah it's look it, it, bare knuckle pickups in, in it is it yeah, I think that's what Josh was saying I not gonna lie like I I it's not aimed at me let's 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 just put it kindly like that it's not aimed at me i'm not a chapman guitars person i'm also not a reissued telly but changed slightly oh it's monty's pickup you're right it is yes of course it is sorry dp51 dp danish pete (laughs) not double penetration (laughs) (laughs) i mean let's let's take any of that mystique away let's just wash it away um I mean, you would you'd have to wash it away after some DP, wouldn't you? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, especially if you don't want getting infections. That's <laughs> it. Um, so the, it's got Monty's Danish P pickups. It's got nitrocellulose lacquer. It's Swamp Ash as well. Everything points to this guitar being not not very budget-centric. Yeah, I don't think they've named a price for it yet, have they? They haven't. But oh, I'm very much expecting him to to release a video this week of him just going one billion dollars. <laughs> um, I don't think it'd be that much, but I, I I think we're looking at like I d- it, it depends on which range it is. Like, yeah, I don't think it's their handmade ones, so I think it'll be like in the fifteen hundred to two grand range. Yeah, 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 I don't possibly think it'll be the four grand of the fucking handmade ones that he's got. Is it? No, I mean it's got it's got Monty's pickups, which are hand wound pickups. It's nitro finished, and it's like semi premium woods. So, like the spec would suggest, it's definitely it's definitely coming in kind of above that grand mark. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's even kind of touching upon that two grand mark. 
yeah, I, I think it'll be nearer two than one. Yeah. It's a tough sell for a company that don't quite have that prestige just yet. I think it's it's safe to say that they are not at the standard that you'd uh, you'd say Gibson and Fender are. They're not even at the standards that companies like Ibanez, uh, ESP, I don't know, Jackson, like their kind of their custom shop stuff is coming in yeah. at that price. And you can justify that. For me, I don't think Chapman are quite there yet. I don't know. I know that they've no. they've got quite a quite a following, and Josh is a is a big fan. Yeah, and actually, his his ML one the 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 what not the not the one that he bought the one that he brought with him to try out a couple of pedals. Yeah, I did play that a little bit. I think pretty sure I did. Yeah, um, and yeah, it played it played very very well. Like they. They're not terrible guitars. It's just they're they're not as as established as. I mean, I think there's a community of people who love them because of the person and their and their involvement with the kind of the the personality behind the brand, which has made it easier for them to get a better traction. But I don't think they have the same yeah um, prestige that they. Oh, I don't think they have the prestige in the rest of the community that the people who like them think they have. Yeah, they're still trying to punch through that that barrier, aren't they? Because they, like you mentioned, they have got their hardcore fans, and that that's really like speaks to the volume of that. The fact that on that Saturday they were surrounded by people, but then the reality of the Sunday is that I mean there were, there was always someone there. It was never like completely barren, but it was kind of slow and gentle footfall through it. Yeah, I mean, me and Andy walked past a couple of times on the Sunday and it was absolutely rammed, wasn't it? Like, you, was there, was, yeah. there was lots of people. But yeah, by the Sunday, like, when you when you and Josh kind of walked through the range, there was 10 people milling about around it as opposed to, like, 70 crammed into that small area that had been there on the Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a beautiful metaphor for the the company as a whole, isn't it? They do have that really tight knit, um, hardcore um, fan base, but punching through to that kind of next level of people who, where you'd like. So for me, like I'm at the moment considering a an HSS Strat. I'm not considering a Chapman. Um, even though, like theoretically, they in their lineup, they have got stuff that could meet those needs but I'm I'm not considering those over like the Charvel Pro Mod is the one that I'd go for or I'm considering like I don't know I'm considering like Harley Benton over Chapman because it's doing um, like the Fusion line is doing some of the stuff that the Chapmans will do at a more affordable price point and yeah that that Chapman name isn't a big enough draw for me to go. Well, I will spend that extra four hundred quid. Well, that's and like if if you if you went for Charvel, you're buying a brand name that every guitarist is aware of. Yeah. Whereas I think if you're not a YouTube watcher, you may not have heard of Chapman guitars. 
I think, I don't know, a mate of mine had a Chapman for a good few years, and he's not a follower of, you know, the Facebook groups and the YouTube and that. He's just, I think he's vaguely aware who Rob Chapman is, but not massively. But he's, I think he's got two Chapmans now, because they are good guitars for the money. Um, regardless of anything else, I mean, there'll be some people put off by the what's around the brand as well as those that are going to go for it more for that reason. But if you just look at the guitars, they don't massively excite me, but then they're not bad guitars at all. No, no and actually, the the one that Josh got, I, like their, their new Stonewash finish, I don't know whether it's a new Stonewash finish, actually, but the Stonewash finish... The, sta- the Sandblast. Sandblast Stonewash, <laughs> it's the same fucking thing, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, the, the Sandblast finish actually quite a nice finish and not something that you see on many guitars around at the moment i don't think i've seen many actual manufacturers like you'll you'll see it quite a lot in um in smaller like one or two person like build kind of companies but i've not seen many like fender aren't offering a sandblast apart from when they did those fucking bowling bowling ball guitars like 10 years ago the, or whatever uh, that was. PRS did the uh, the SE Sunblast range. Uh, um, did they? Yeah, that was probably about two, three years ago yeah. now. Well, I mean, they, they did a I range did, of SEs doing it. I can't, I, I can't recall them, but that that doesn't mean to say that it didn't happen. But yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, Harley Benton are doing to. it as well. Yeah, but I mean, Harley Benton are doing it at like seventy nine quid. <laughs> they do, they and, do every guitar though, don't they? So. And, yeah, and they do it in a, like in a different spec as well. Like, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I actually really like the finish on that guitar that Jeff picked up this weekend. Indeed, indeed. Which he, I assume, he's going to tell us next time he's on. I can't remember anything else about it, so we'll have to. <laughs> indeed. Uh, so the the Danish Pete Sig. Little bit of a lukewarm reception by us. We'll have to see what the what the price point is. For me, it's a telly, so it's just not going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there was ever like an entry point into the the Chapman lineup, there there it would be for me. It it ticks the boxes for me. Um, everything apart from the fucking vintage style tuners, get in the bin. Um, see i disagree with you there i think if you're not putting locking tuners on it put vintage tuners over through hole uh-huh. not put locking tuners on it yeah, well yeah, yeah. yeah no there is that it's every just... guitar should have a locking tuners and actually i think with my bonus this year i'm gonna put locking tuners on all the guitars that i use that don't have locking tuners on because i'm fucking sick of stringing them without <laughs> yeah that that's the way the lord intended <laughs> right We've 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 put it off long enough. The Kernum Ridge. The Kernum Let, Ridge. Yeah, let's actually let's actually vindicate um Lee here. And we've all tried it. Andy's already alluded to the fact that he's now selling some stuff to try and purchase it. So we think we've we've got the idea of, of where Andy sits on this one. Um Matt, what are you saying about the Kernum Ridge? So I went over and nobody was on the stand apart from the guys who owned it. So I was like, oh, do you mind if I try this pedal out? And he's like, yeah. He's like, do you, do you understand how it works? And I was like, sort of being told by somebody. And he was like, right, okay, well, this does this, this does this. Is your pre-gain and post-gain 
tones yeah. and the mid does it in the normal way and this is your mood and on the left it's a clean boost and on the right it's almost fuzzy and you've got loads of different things in the middle which changes how the clipping works which changes how the circuit goes and immediately i couldn't get any of it to work because i'd had it in preset mode which was <laughs> the, 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 the one downside i can come up with was i didn't know i was in preset mode so none of the button none of the things worked as soon as i got out of preset mode really very impressed however i wouldn't buy one myself because i wouldn't get enough use out of it yeah what it's great at is doing 20 different guitar tones if you want to if you want a clean boost it does a really really nice sweet clean boost if you want a low gain overdrive it does a nice low gain overdrive if you want a tube screamer sound it does that if you want a rat sound it does that if you want to crank the balls off it, it like it gets a really nice clear really really good clear high gain to, or meet like mid to high gain turn like it's it's not the most gainy thing in the world i know lee said if you turn everything up it kind of goes fuzzy i don't hear fuzz from it but it's a really really good overdrive pedal but unless you've got mini to fuck around with those presets it's a two channel overdrive and that's not you i don't think you're getting enough from it if you set it like that there is a clever trick I discovered with it last night when I was reading the manual. <laughs> you sad bastard. <laughs> you, can, you can morph between the preset and what the knobs are at as well. Yeah, so... so pedal, which should, I think might be quite cool. Oh, well, is it merge the two together? So say you've got your um, preset as being quite clean, as just like a, you know, a nicifier, and then you've got a heavy gain sound on the actual what your knobs are set to yeah uh, if you put an expression pedal in it will go from the preset to whatever the knobs are set at um on the expression so it sort of blends into it yeah um, i mean it would get you some some places but i did find that you had to change either the pre or the post depending on how much gain you had you had to tweak those a bit so i don't think you'd probably get the best sound from doing that at least the the way it sounded to me um, and I was, I mean, I maybe played it for seven or eight minutes and it was going through a clean, I think, Fender amp. I can't remember now what the amp was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, but that it, was one of the few things I played out loud. Yeah, I, I had it running through the, the headphone rig and the headphone rig was fine. Like, it it just, it was functional. It did did the job. Um, I I didn't want to, like, it just... To spitely, <laughs> yeah, same. Um, but it, no, it was really good. Um, I found myself gravitating more towards the higher gain stuff than the lower gain stuff, actually, which is like, not like you. Yeah, it's it's really really strange. But like the like you mentioned, the higher gain stuff had that articulation and the note separation that is yeah. really hard to do. And like especially with a uh, a drive pedal that does multiple things. You yeah. tend to find once you're pushing the game past a certain point, you're losing a lot of the definition because the EQ yeah, is set. Or it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the EQ set to to be sweet at a like a midpoint, but it doesn't have enough grunt in it to go to the full the full sweep. Um, like the like my my one uh, one bugbear with the Mojo Mojo is once you start pushing the uh, the game past halfway 
you're really struggling to get the clarity out of it with the, the tone controls. But why would you do that? Just keep it mid or below and it, your sound. Um, but the, yeah, the Kernan Ridge has enough, with that pre and post tone, it has enough flexibility for you to be able to um, set like set the drive to to get like superb clarity out of it. Yeah. Um. So I, I was like incredibly impressed. As as mentioned, the first tones. Like, let's not even call them first tones because they're not. They're just they're not. I mean, no. It's it, it's. I'd be interested to see when I have more time. Yeah. Whether you can get that out of it, but yeah, I didn't manage to either, really. Yeah, and like, if we're shitting on it for not doing fuzz tones, but it does every other drive tone imaginable, that's not a fair. It's, not, it's well, it's not really a, a shitting on it, is it? It's, it's, it's a this is a feature that it doesn't have. Yeah, as yeah. Opposed to the thirty that it already does. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's not a not a fair comparison there, is it really? Um. Yeah, I was I was very impressed. Like Lee Lee was right on this one, and um, as much as you might be might be right, Matt, that in five years' time we might not be talking about it. I think, based on what I heard, it deserves to be talked about. It deserves to have a have a place uh, in in pedal history because it's doing it's doing a thing that hasn't been done before. Like so, so much flexibility out of a pedal. I think the thing for me is, um, for a little while, I've been looking for a versatile, MIDI-controlled, analog drive pedal uh, that can do various things. And obviously, the automatone falls into that category, but it's, what, 900, 700, 800, 900 quid? Yeah. Um. There was one company that I was hoping were going to be coming out with something, and they've left it too late now, because uh, if they had, it would have been around the same sort of price as this, and it's a sensible price. And it, you know, as I say, um, I do use MIDI, and you know, with that, I can so spend one evening setting up five, six sounds that I'll get from it, sticking Antares in front of it when I want to boost them and I will probably use probably still leave the governor on the board and have that set as a my sort of amp sound and this go you know in between the two of them and yeah. that should give me everything I need apart from first but I've got a raise of dead so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've you've basically completed first there haven't you I might still leave for my rat on there I'm not, sure how, I'm not sure how well how close it gets to the rat thing either. Oh, I managed to get some pretty pretty decent rat turns out of it. Okay. It depends. It depends how uh, like how you run you your rat. Use though. Your rat at, you probably run your rat at nine o'clock, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I have done in the past. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but as long as you're not like pushing the gain to the max, where you almost get that kind of overloading fuzzy tone. Yeah, I do with a rat. Oh, in which case, then you're not getting that out of the I want it to squeal every time I... uh... (laughs) You step on the pedal. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I don't think you get that, but I think you get, like, the earlier rat tones, the the lighter rat tones, we should say. Well, look, anything anything just before that kind of farting out fuzz tone, you get 
because it's it it does retain the clarity. You you don't quite get that bottom end blowout that you get with a rat because it all becomes quite quite soft and mushy again at, at like past a certain point. But yeah, like the Kernan Ridge, uh, thumbs up basically is is what we're saying. It really is. And if if you are one of these people who will delve into the MIDI with it, you are potentially winning there, right? You, you, there's yeah. there's a lot of turns to be had. Um, right, we're gonna we're gonna do a quick roundup of the things that we we really enjoyed as a um, like a quick fire because we're at an hour and fifteen. <laughs> um, so we, we'll do a, a, a quick fire of what we. Uh, look, some of the things that we we loved when we were there. Um, Matt, do you want to start us off? I mean, if I'm going for the thing that I love the most, um, we on the Sunday kept gravitating back towards Loxley and Fletch, um, and eventually I played both sitting down and standing up the uh, the red specials. Um, I I so I played it sitting down, and I was just like, I I don't know whether I could get on with that neck. And I won't be able to tell by just sitting down and standing up. And Matt actually, he misplaced the strap for the the one that was for sale and put a strap on the one that had already sold <laughs> um, and let me play the one that had already sold. And I assume they're almost identical spec, just one's got a red top and the other one had a flame flame kind of burst finish, didn't it? Yeah, like um, a quilted burst, wasn't it? But um, yeah, just... Absolutely incredible guitars. I love a thick neck, and that's thicker than anything I've played. Like such a chunky baseball bat neck. Yeah. Um, and, Not only th- yeah. thick, it, it like the profile of it was like a D. Yeah, uh, a proper thunder. deep, deep D as well. It wasn't like the flattened <laughs> off American American Fender Ds that you get these days, where they've chopped a bit off. Um, love, love a deep D. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Um, I uh, I just. I just thought it was absolutely incredible. Some of the tones, and I only played it through the headphones. Yeah, but um, was it a spark that he had on the floor? I can't. I can't it was, yeah, now. yeah, it was, yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, like the amp sound was fine, but like the switching options in that um, Brian May, I've never had anything with those kind of like turn two pedals on. Sorry, two pickups on stick one of them out of phase with the other one so you get that weird kind of phase tone and then put them back in and they're a humbucker and then take one out and you're a single coil and like the neck and bridge as a humbucker is just that brian may sound for me um he uses it a lot on quite the some of the chunkier riffs and just yeah it sounded incredible it looked incredible it played incredible if i ever came into some money i would absolutely have a loxley um red special because it was just a phenomenal guitar to play and i think you were saying that it's a 7.25 radius or it might even be slightly tighter than that and i was bending things three steps and not choking out like it just it was it was clearly just so well designed that it it all just worked yeah bimson what we're saying I just off quickly on the Loxley thing. I played the Appetite for Destruction type style burst he had. That was really nice as well. He he makes good guitars. He yeah. really does, doesn't he? He really does. Yeah. yeah. He he knows. I joke about choking on a D, but I'm not going to do that. 
you're you're a better person than that, Andy. You're a better person. <laughs> Uh, highlight for me that nobody else cares about because it's the base. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little AC mule. Uh, it's a 30 inch short scale um, base with piezo in it, and it forget us, and it was absolutely lovely. I tried one last year, I think, and it was a highlight of my show last year, and it's a highlight of my show this year as well. It's also very expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the web special was four and a half grand, I think. So <laughs> can't find a price on the website for VAC. I think you're you know in the sort of four grandish. Yeah, it, it's one of those situations that if if you're asking the price, it's already out of your league. <laughs> cool. Cool. What like what do I mention? I mean, we've mentioned Fletch and Loxley. I definitely. Uh, definitely, like that. It was just, it's the party zone, isn't it? The Fletcher's Loxley stands. Um, we did the the Fletch competition. Oof. <laughs> 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 I embarrassed myself there. <laughs> like considering I, I have played probably the majority of Fletch's pickup selection. Um, like I managed to say which pickups were were being played. It's just n- none of them in the right order. He did admit to me that he deliberately put the most underwound on the longest scale length because he knew that that would make it sound more, um, like have more yeah, like punch. things would give more energy and it sound more punch. So he had two short scales with higher output and one long scale with a lower output to deliberately put people on. <laughs> I mean, it fucking worked, didn't it? It really worked. It really worked. Thanks, Fletch. Thanks. Um, and that yeah. little handmade amp that he's got as well, that was fantastic to play through. That little... Yeah, the little champ. Yeah, five yeah. watt champ. Just great fun to p- fucking make noise through, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, considering it's basically just the the most simple valve um, amplifier attached to what is an eight-inch speaker, you'd think that'll sound like, like farts, wouldn't it? But it didn't. It sounded like really, really quite powerful. Yeah. I'm surprised that it, that didn't go as well. Because he had a price tag on that one. He did. But there we go. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely mentioned uh, Fletch and Loxley. Loxley, again, makes just incredible guitars. Incredible guitars. It's one of those that if I, like, if I finally decide on the type of guitar that I want, and I know that this is the guitar I'll be playing for the the next 10, 15 years. It, it, like, I'll get Loxley to make one. Yeah. It'll just be the best version of that, won't it? Um, always got to mention Ritual. Uh, I mentioned it at the start, but like Ritual Devices, Wub, just a legend. Finally got to try the Faye that weren't out at the um, FX Expo. But he was talking about, like, I think he had a prototype going on. The Faye is like a phaser um, like modulation machine. Because it's just to call it a phaser is to to say that a, a fucking Bugatti Veyron is a car, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a car. Yeah, like it's it it does so much, but it's it, it's got all of the features that I I would love in a in a phase um, pedal. And it's got a grit control as well. So you get this really kind of dirty, grimy 
faziness. Oh, just like there's there's photos online of me pulling stank faces with that. So. What I should have done is got you to dial that in for me whilst I was playing because I don't know what I'm doing with a phase pedal at the best of times. And this had like <laughs> five knobs, and I, I I turned it on and went, yeah, I think it sounds like a phase. When turn it back off again, indeed. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a yeah. yeah, that's one one knob. It's hard to mess that one up. Um, I'll, I'll also give a uh, a shout out to Fidelity. Um, that weird baritone with built-in effects. Oh, yes. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. The only thing I needed with it was I wish it had a volume pedal on the stand because doing volume swells with that as well. <laughs> Ideally, one of those Bigsby pedals too, so you could do like, that would have been so much fun because <laughs> you could get some crazy-ass noises with that thing. Yeah, the, the um, last uh, guitar show, he bought his pedal board along and he did have uh i don't think he had the bigsby pedal but he had uh one of the game changer ones i think it was the uh the piano sustainer pedal yeah he's got the plus i think he's got a lovely board actually matt he's um he had all sorts of nice stuff on there didn't he a lot of um tate stuff and yeah 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 i can't remember what was on it now i just remember Like, he had this massive board. Like, he handed me, like, one of his Fidelity guitars, which were, like, fantastic to start with, and then just went, let me show you the board. And just, like, went tweak, <laughs> like, went around tweaking the board. Uh, and it was like, yeah, and if you do this, it will make this. And this goes through, like, all of these are in a loop, so you can mix it in with this. And I was like, fuck, this is mental. <laughs> and then he went, have a play. <laughs> so just... Pure and unadulterated joy from from that man. He's like it's pure uncut guitar joy. Whenever you talk to Matt Fidelity, he's one of the loveliest blokes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, th- I think like on the whole, the guitar show is just full of really, really nice people. It's yeah. a really nice community to be part of. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give one final share. It's a it's an apology more than anything. I'm apologising to the Goliath effects because they were right next to ritual ritual devices and I kind of overlooked them um, because, like, I, I know Wub and we, we get on really well. Um, I didn't realise <laughs> at the time. I follow G- Goliath on <laughs> Instagram and that's, like, he just, like, kept at the corner of my eye just thinking, mm, I, I think I recognise that guy, but I don't know where from. I can follow him on <laughs> Instagram. I see his stuff all the time. Ah, oh, terrible. So I extended an apology there. Um, I I'm extending a thank you to all of the people who took took time to just just have a chat with with all of us at the show as well. Um, it means means so much. Um, and I, we're not we're not a massive podcast. Um, so people who just took the time to to have like have those conversations with us to just really get to know us was just it's amazing. So the the, the community it it gives me it gives me faith going forward that the, the community is it, it's in a good place. Um but we are at the end of a podcast, gentlemen. We are at the end of a hour and a half podcast, gentlemen. <laughs> uh I'm extending a thank you to the listeners who've made it this far. You are absolute G's. 
Um, I'm also extending a thank you to the Patreon backers who are extra special sexy people. One of which I can see is on, on my screen right now. Um, so the people are as follows. We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson, who is here from the Rising of the Lights. Um, indeed. And we have got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprise Me podcast. We have got Mr. Hugh G. Rection. <laughs> we have got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. We've got Mr. Brian Goer of the Tone Jokes podcast, of the Second Button podcast, and of the, oh, fuck, what's it called? Off the Rails with A-Train. Um, and finally, we've got Mr. Ross Philpotts. All of those people, super sexy thank yous. Um, for as little as $2 a month, you could be part of the crew. It's, it's full of sexy people, but you, you, you can be one of those people. Just do it. Just patreon.com slash fret talk. Um, so if you want to find me online, I am Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, slash Budget Pedal Chap. YouTube is the home to the No Talk or Tone series, which this week features a compressor. Fuck. A compressor. <laughs> um, Watch one of them. Indeed. Yeah. YouTube will do me dirty on that one. Um, but we'll see. We will see. Um, Matt, where can we find you online? Uh, at heel underscore Matt Q on Twitter and Twitter. <laughs> you're, you're in my head uh, on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and Mr. Bimson, where can we find you? And you can find me at The Rising of the Lights on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on uh, Mastodon, because I thought I may as well. Mastodon or a band? Oh, and Instagram as well. Mastodon, it's yeah. another social media thing. But it's the, it's the one that people think they're going to move to when Twitter eventually is no longer acceptable because Elon Musk won't hire any compliance people in the EU and he has to. Ah. See, you learn something new every day. Right, so from myself, Mr. Budget Pedershop, from Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Woo, from Mr. Andrew Bimson. Thank you very much for having me on. Indeed. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. What is the difference between Iron Man and Aluminium Man. I don't know. Iron Man stops the bad guys. Aluminium Man. Oh, fuck, what was it? Just foils their plans. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's bad.